It's time for the Acrisure Fan Advantage here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got our special guest, Matt Taylor, an expert on the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be a big episode here, getting you ready for what is a, a game with major playoff implications, Steelers-Colts on Saturday. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage here on your on your Friday episode, the day before the Steelers take on the Colts. As always, all season long, the Acrisure Fan Advantage brings you closer to the team than ever before, giving you exclusive answers to your burning questions from Steelers insider Brian Batko and an in-depth conversation with an opponent expert each week. Visit Acrisure.com slash Fan Advantage for more information and to submit your questions to get on the show today. This show, is, is, as always, is brought to you from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes Saturday, and you can find us on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting apps. We are joined. If we're going to be talking about the Colts, we got to get the guy who's known as the voice of the Colts. And that man is none other than Matt Taylor, who's on with us right now. He is. He looks like he's in this in the Colts facility right now. That's how that's how far in we had to go with our guest this week. Matt, how you doing, sir? Truly violence right now. You are complex. There's no doubt about it. On a Friday here, getting ready for uh, a unique situation. Playing on a Saturday afternoon. And as you said very well, eloquently, uh, it's a it's a huge game. Uh, I, I don't know if it if it's a true elimination game, but, man, it's got that feel to it. It definitely has a feel to a playoff game type atmosphere. And uh, just incredibly excited for it coming up here in about 24 hours. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it not being an elimination game. I agree. It's not technically an elimination game, but there are just so many seven and six teams right now in the in the AFC. If you lose this game, it doesn't eliminate you, but you now put your fate in other teams' hands. And that is just not a position you want to be when there's so many other teams fighting for spots and teams that have found their own ways to get here. So I'm with you that this if you want to make the playoffs, you want to control your own destiny. This is a must-win game yep. for either side here. Uh, let's look at the Colts' side of things. This is a team that's been banged up. Jonathan Taylor missed the start of the season, and now he's going to miss this game as well. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback yep. you drafted to build this entire offense around, he's he's been out. But this Colts team has found ways to win, found ways to fight, and pull off and pull off some 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 crazy some crazy efforts here. They beat the Texans early in the season. They beat the Ravens early in this in the season. They beat the Titans. Uh, they recently they they, beat, they swept the Titans and beat the Buccaneers as well. And they've gotten to seven and six. What do you what have you seen that's been the most surprising part of this team that's kept them in in the playoff race despite all the adversity they faced? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, this this year just seems like the the year of the backup quarterback. Uh, I mean. No- I know the the Steelers can relate right now, having to play Mitch Trubisky, um, and that that's that's been the Colts. You know, Gardner Minshew. What we played, the Colts have played uh, fourteen games, and Gardner Minshew has appeared in thirteen of them, um, and obviously has a, a lot of starts. You know, Anthony Richardson went down with that shoulder injury back in Week Five, and kind of the the the, the tone of the season changed. Then, obviously, the offense kind of had to shift in, in terms of. Uh, philosophy and what they were trying to highlight with the, the playmakers they had around Gardner Minshew. But I think, you know, to, to your point with this question, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me about this Colts team 
is just their resiliency, right? They're, they're kind of like uh, the Steelers. They, they've played a lot of one-score games. You know, the Colts have played mm-hmm. seven games decided by eight points or less. Um, they're five and two in those games. I know the Steelers are seven and two in one score games. So both teams are just finding ways to win. And a lot of times it's ugly. It's not pretty. Um, you know, they're not scoring 30 points per game and beating teams, you know, 34 to 17, right? It's they're finding ways to close these games out. And I think just from a philosophical standpoint, this is a much different team this year mindset-wise than it was a year ago, even though they've got a lot of the same core back this year that they had last season, right? I mean, a year ago, around this time, the Colts were on a on a death slide. They, they had lost seven games in a row to end the season. They were 4-12-1. and one. At this point in the year, they had already fired Frank Reich. Jeff Saturday mm-hmm. was in here as the interim head right. coach coming off of TV. Just a wild set of circumstances, and certainly the season spiraled out of control. And that's just the NFL. I mean, it just goes to show you in, in short order here, right, in, in one year's time, how much things can change. And a lot of those same players are back this year. I talked about the nucleus with – you know, a lot of the same members up front along their offensive line, a lot of the same members on defense like DeForest Buckner and Kenny Moore and Julian Blackman and Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed. These guys are all back, and I, I just think, like, that, that Shane Steichen has done a nice job of implementing a, a culture of winning and resiliency and holding guys accountable that just wasn't in place for whatever reason um, down the stretch last year, and that's got the Colts in a position now to overcome a lot, a lot of adversity, like you said, without their starting quarterback and a lot of injuries, and you know Jonathan Taylor is not going to play again, and they're still finding ways to gut these games out, and they're still mm-hmm. in a position to make the playoffs, and they hold their destiny in their own, own hands, just like, as you said, the Steelers do heading into this game as well. That's the thing. It's funny. You beat me to the punch. My next question is going to be, like, what has Shane Steichen done to kind of reset things for the Colts and kind of stabilize this franchise? Because you're right. Last year, things looked rough. You brought in Jeff Saturday. They had, they had that amazing comeback. I remember I was covering a pit basketball game, and I just had the game on my phone. I just kept looking like, uh, okay, that's a, what is that score now? Like, I just, I just remember that game and thinking yeah. that was insane. <laughs> but then after that, you know, it's yeah. tough to kind of build momentum with an interim coach, you know, like I'd be care, I'd be careful how the Raiders play next week after they after the win that they put on Thursday night. But Shane Steichen has come in and stabilized things, and I think it's that, that accountability is really important. Um, and again, stabilizing things without a big chunks of the team that you need to 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 be to be competitive in, in some weeks. A lot of teams might have given up or folded at this point. I think he deserves credit for what he's done along with his coaching staff with Jim Bob Cooter on the on the offensive side and Gus Bradley on the defensive side. No, you're exactly right. I mean, that's why, you know, people around here are, you know, petitioning for him and 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 uh, politicking for him to be in the mix for coach of the year because of the adversity the Colts have faced this year and they're still in a position with four games to go. Now, obviously, you're you're in the position that you're in. You you've won four of the last five games, but now you got to close, and mm-hmm. that's the next step for a young football team. All things considered, here for the Colts. I mean. You're right. I mean, as soon as uh, Anthony Richardson went down, um, they had to change their offense around Gardner Minshew. And and right now, um, it's it's been tough for the Colts to find explosive plays down the field offensively. But I think Shane Steichen, again, is scheming up 
what he has, at, you know, to, to his disposal um, and is trying to maximize that. And right now, the Colts offense is very heavily uh, involved with Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, he is mm. he is the passing game right now for the Colts. I mean, he's got eight catches in six straight games. He's number two in the NFL in targets. He's number four in catches. That's not by mistake. Um, he is right. the best playmaker they've got on that offense. Gardner Minshew and he have really kind of they've they've really found a nice rapport. They've got chemistry with one another. Um, so right now the Colts are trying to find some more balance between working in Pittman, involving other playmakers within this offense, and specifically in the passing game, and trying to push the ball down the field. Because right now it's been tough for the Colts to generate some big plays. You know their scoring drives lately are long scoring drives right they're going on 10 11 sometimes 15 17 play drives just to get in a position to to kick a field goal so teams are playing the Colts close to the line of scrimmage they're stacking the box especially Mm -hmm. now without Jonathan Taylor in the lineup um, taking some things away from Zach Moss you know putting the Colts routinely in second and long third and medium third and long and that's just not a recipe for success when you have a quarterback like Gardner Minshew, whose strength is he's a quick, uh, quick release, in rhythm type of quarterback. And right now the Colts offense is just kind of being played on a 15 to 20 yard field where they're not pushing the ball down the field too much in the passing game. But again, to Shane Steichen's credit, he's finding ways to still score points. You know, last yeah. week was kind of a blip on the radar where they didn't get They, I mean, the Colts are still a top 10 offense in the NFL in terms of their point total, which is, again, a credit to the innovation mm-hmm. and the schematic mastermind of Shane Steichen, who's calling the plays. He, along with uh, Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator, putting this offense together. So, again, all that adversity, the Colts are able to overcome that. And they're still in these games with a backup quarterback scoring points, even though they don't have a lot of big pop down the field you know, with 30 and 40 yard gains to receivers down the field on, on deep overs or deep posts or go routes, because that's just, that's just not the Colts offense this year. Matt, I can tell you right now, some Steelers fans who are listening to this podcast probably grown when you said creativity and innovation in, in offensive play calling, because that's been something the Steelers fans have been groaning about for years now with the Steelers and their problems. Uh, last question on this segment, before we move to some matchups, is Quentin Nelson, the bona fide leader of this team or, do you feel like there's some leadership spread out between other guys? Because when I look at this roster, you know, I thought Jonathan Taylor, I think that, you know, it's tough to put that on a rookie quarterback, but if a quarterback plays well, they become the, they become the leader. But Quentin Nelson, to me, when I look at this roster, he's the guy that I look at and like, he, he should be the person, he'd be the person that I'm getting behind the most because of the way that he plays at the line of scrimmage. Is he that guy? Or do you see a lot of the guys kind of teaming up with him there? Yeah, he's he's definitely, you know, in the mix. You know, if you're making and I hate to say this because this is a really bad, you know, sports talk radio cliche or, you know, narrative, <laughs> if, you, if you will. But if you're making a, a Mount Rushmore of the of the Colts leaders, ah, if you will, within that locker room. Right. I love Mount Rushmore's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we all do. Right. Um, but it's it's I would say it's it's Quentin Nelson. He's on there. I mean, he's he's a leader within this team, a team captain. Um, but I, but I think. The guy that kind of you know the, the the straw that stirs the drink in terms of leadership and you know the, the the guy that's able to galvanize the team the most is probably Zaire Franklin on Ooh. the defensive side of the ball, um, and he's got a great story. And I know Pittsburgh fans are, are familiar with him, you know, coming from uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia mm-hmm. guy, right? And I mean, 
guy that the, the, the long, the long story short of it is he is uh, a seventh round draft pick in 2018, mm-hmm. first couple years in the NFL, trying to scratch and claw his way just to make the roster carves out a nice little niche playing special teams, gets a second contract to come back in that same capacity. And then Shaq Leonard has his injuries. Um, there's some availability, some open spots within that defense at linebacker, and he just takes that opportunity and completely runs with it. He thrives in the scheme right now under Gus Bradley. Last year was his first opportunity to start uh, for the Colts, and all he did last year was set a franchise record for tackles in a single season, and he's gonna he's on pace to break that this year as well. Leads the NFL in tackles. Um, he just went when, when he speaks, uh, guys listen. Um, you know, he was a four time captain at Syracuse, uh, which is absolutely unheard of. He's been a captain in some capacity every year he's been here with the Colts. Um, so just a, a true leader. So I think on defense, it's guys like Zaire Franklin, Kenny Moore, the second. You've got DeF- uh, DeForest Buckner up front. He's been a great addition for this team in free agency back in 2020. Um, when he came over actually in a trade, I, sh- I should, uh, probably clarify that better but yeah came over in a trade in in 2020 he's been a great you know steady you know psychological force for this team on that side of the ball then on offense it's it's nelson it's ryan kelly at center he's been with this Mm. team since 2016 so a lot of the guys up front play those physical positions and trying to match that intensity and that physicality on on saturday in this game against the steelers that's going to be paramount for the colts trying to break this this eight game losing streak they have to the Steelers, which will be so big, again, psychologically, but then just also, too, what it means in terms of the standings and their playoff stock, too, here late in the season. Absolutely. We'll get to some big matchups here on the on the other side of this first break of the North Shore, North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage. Chris Carter talking with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Reminder, this show is brought to you by the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all season long, the Fan Advantage brings you closer to the season than ever before. Each week, we have our insider, Brett Brian Backo, answer your questions that you submitted us to, submitted to us on Acrisure.com slash Fan Advantage. Go to Acrisure.com slash Fan Advantage for more information and to submit your questions today. Thank you to Acrisure for, sponsor, for sponsoring this show. And as always, we're also brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When, when you're in the North Shore of Pittsburgh, you got to stop by Mike's Beer Bar. It's on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park, and it has the best selection of beer in town as well as amazing food options. You can also check out any of their 20 televisions and reserve t- any of their 20 televisions for whatever game you want to watch, whether it's the NFL games, college football with bowl season approaching, Penguins games, Riverhounds game, Premier League action. Heck, if you want to find women's college basketball, they got that too. They can get any game that you want on the tube. And when you get there, you're also trying one of their 500 different available beers 300 of those beers are local and 80 of those local beers available on tap and they're changing new ones in every in and out every single day so that you get new options every time you get there get to mike's beer bar and we get there tell them chris sent you We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage. Chris Carter here with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Matt, uh, before we dive into specific matchups, I, I was I did I was going to bring up the point that you just said about how the Steelers have just beaten the Colts a lot. It's been ridiculous, and it's funny. Like every time I think about this, because I, I I did this to myself last year when the Steelers about to play the Colts, and I'm just like, you know, they, these teams have gone back and forth because I just think of some of the times the Steelers played no. Peyton Manning, and, it, <laughs> no. and that's not the case. And I'm no. just like, 
man, no. I just forget about some of these matchups. It's cr- it's crazy, and it it, it feels like is, is there like, is there like a sense like there's a curse around like the Colts fandom? Like why can't why are the Steelers this one team that that, that they haven't beat since uh, what was the last time maybe like 2008 or something like that? Yeah, it is. It's it's 2008. Yep. So me, I I got all the stats ready for you. I mean, I know them all. Um, that's that's where we're at right now. And that that speaks to what you're talking about in terms of what the the Steelers represent. Yeah, it's it's eight straight losses to Pittsburgh. Uh, last win for the Colts, 2008. Last home win, 2005. Um, oh, by the way, the Colts have moved into a different building since then. Um, the the Steelers are four zero against the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, you know, they played last year and you're right. I mean, the, the, the Steelers have dominated the series. They've dominated the recent past. Um, I will say the last four games have been really close. Yes. Not that that matters, but the last four games have been decided by seven points or less. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the last, the last win for the Colts, um, you know, Peyton Manning was, was still the, the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's ancient history. I mean, that's, that's unfathomable, but um, it's kind of like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you would know more um, just off the top of my head. What, what, what is the streak now for the Steelers against New England? What is it that the Steelers have lost eight of the last nine to the Patriots? It, it, it's, it, it's, around, it's around that kind of a pace. I think the last time the Steelers beat them was 2019, yeah. I want to I say, because it was the year – no, it was 2018. It was, 20, it was the year they missed the playoffs – uh with with ben roethlisberger but yeah it's but it's that kind of relationship the patriots even now the last they patriots they've played the patriots without tom brady the last two years and they still can't beat him right and same thing here with the colts without ben roethlisberger i mean rob i mean at least you had that sort of like Mm. you know built-in mindset well they're a tough team they got a great offense you know they got ben roethlisberger they're just a hard team to beat like you can't say that anymore you know this (laughs) this is not this is not your dad's Pittsburgh Steelers team, right? They're, they're scoring right. 16 points per game. And, um, you know, the, the defense is carrying the water there. there there's no reason why, you know, th- this, this is a very winnable game for the Colts. And I'm sure the Steelers are saying the same thing about the Colts um, in, in that regard going into this game, right? There, you, you have two very, you know, you, you've got flawed teams here, right? Seven and six. You're not talking about the, uh, you know, the 2007 New England Patriots here. These are very flawed right. football teams with backup quarterbacks right, right now. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I to, to get to give you an answer as to why the Steelers have dominated the Colts. I don't know because the Colts have had some really good teams, uh, you know, since 2008. And, you know, on paper, they've had some good matchups, but they just don't fare well uh, against the Steelers. I know that fan base travels very well. Um, it's a very passionate group of fans, and they're awesome. You know, the terrible towels, you're going to see them in the upper deck tomorrow here at Lucas Oil Stadium, and they travel well. They're going to show out. They're going to make some noise. And, you know, the Lucas Oil Stadium crowd here for the Colts, they, they've got to rise up and, you know, provide that home field advantage. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know why the Steelers have dominated the Colts, but I do know that Colts fans are tired of hearing about it. I know players in the locker room are tired of hearing about it. And, you know, that's just another, you know, extra layer of the onion uh, to this game coming up tomorrow. 1985, since 1985, the Steelers are 18 and two against the Colts. Those two losses, though, to the Colts are the only are are in the years the Steelers have won their Super Bowls, which is just even more bizarre. And, about this. The, and you're talking about maybe the most heartbreaking loss playoff wise oh, in the yeah, history of absolutely. the Indianapolis Colts. That was a team yeah. that started the year right 14 and 0. 
Mm-hmm. And was just dominant. They were putting up, you know, routinely thirty points per game. That no was the Marvin Harrison, them. yeah, Manning, yeah. Harrison, Wayne, Edron, James. Yep. They had every Dallas Clark. They had everybody that year. Colts got a bye. Steelers came in. I think that was Roethlisberger's rookie season. It was a second maybe? year. But yes, second year. It was a second year. And they came in, upset the Colts, and you know that was Crazy. the Mike Vanderjack kick that landed on Capitol Avenue. About uh, you know four hundred yards wide right or whatever it was, and um, that was the yeah, Jerome Bettis fumble game. There was literally a Steelers fan who got on the news because he had a heart attack when he fumbled the ball. Like yeah. that, that game yeah. lived in in both sides, Lord, forever. Yeah, but let's, no doubt, let's get into some matchups here. When I look at this, when I look at this Colts team, and I see how this offense has still put up points with Gardner Minshew in, with Zach Moss in, with all these backups in. I look at it in what is sustaining them right now. What is the biggest thing that if they get going, they are a problem. I really like the wide receivers. I think that they're under underrated. Michael Pittman Jr., obviously, you, you mentioned the stats that he had. He's up there in receptions and targets. But I've, I've always liked Josh Downs. I covered him in the ACC. Pitt used to play yeah. him all the time when he was in North Carolina. And I loved yeah. Alec Pierce. He was one of my draft favorites when he, when he came out. It just seems like they're really talented. But here's my question to you, Matt. Mike Tomlin brought up how he's like, hey, we cannot overlook their tight end because the Steelers, since they've they, they've dropped their 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 top two linebackers, one on injured reserve and are out for the season, uh, and now it's it's uh, Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, they're out, and Landon Roberts is playing. They the Steelers went from allowing one touchdown to tight ends all season long, which was tied for second best in the NFL, and in the last three weeks they've allowed four touchdowns to tight ends, and that has been a problem. Is that a big factor for the Colts? Is the tight end usage, or do you still see this passing game going through these wide receivers? No, that they've got to get that going, and that's a great point. They've got a rookie in Will Mallory who's coming on the last four games. Uh, he's got ten catches um, in that span, and they're slowly working him into the lineup. Um, they've got a lot of tight ends, and they have a diverse skill set within that group. They've got Mo Alley Cox, who's a great inline kind of that Y blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Drew Ogletree who can do a little bit of both, catch the ball and block. Mallory's probably the closest thing right now with the injury to Jelani Woods, who hadn't played all season. He's kind of the closest thing they've got to that, you know, seam field stretching guy. Um, but he's not quite there yet, but he's he's again finding more synergy within this offense with Gardner Minshew at, at quarterback. So that they've got to find ways again, to complement what they're getting right now out of Michael Pittman Jr. Because I just don't think, you know, listen, you know, the Steelers are a very good defense. They're well coached. Um, You know, Joey Porter Jr. is an up and coming, um, you know, kind of shut down, follow the top receiver type of corner. He's obviously going to be, you know, my assumption is he's going to be following Michael Pittman Jr. for a lot of that game, you Mm -hmm. know, that he's going to have to match Pittman's physicality because he wants to play the game like a linebacker playing the wide receiver spot. Um, So he's going to want to get off the ball. But um, the Colts have to find ways to get their tight ends involved in this game. But I don't know if they can afford to, if you you follow me here. I mean, you got T.J. Watt playing primarily against a rookie right tackle in this game and Blake Freeland. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't know if it's going to be sort of like, you know, Mo Alley-Cox lining up as the – the right right tackle, if you will, right? That extra blocker to kind of chip mm-hmm. and help on Watt to negate, you know, his ability to kind of wreck the game. And then, oh, by the way, you've got Highsmith, who's just as dangerous, in my opinion, going up primarily on uh, Bernard Ryman, 
who did struggle a little bit last week in Cincinnati, allowing a couple of sacks. He got a couple of penalties. It was maybe his roughest game of the season in year number two at the left tackle position. So, you know, just how much the Colts send out their tight ends in routes um, and sacrifice pass protection in this game, that's going to be a balance that I'm really eager to see how the Colts um, combat what they've got off the edge coming from, from Pittsburgh in this game. I, I feel like this game is very much going to be one in, in the trenches a, a, a lot here because you have two teams that want to run the football and two teams that want to kind of get after you in your in your own backfield a, a lot here. The Colts had been a team that even when Jonathan Taylor was out, they were running the ball well. Zach Moss, I, I had him as a fantasy owner. I was like, go ahead, Zach Moss, go get you, go get them numbers. But then when Jonathan Taylor came back, you saw it. I mean, they they had they had games where they were getting like 160 plus rushing yards. But in the last two games, they've rushed for less than 60 yards each time each time. What has yeah. been the biggest things you've gotten the way that have gotten the way of, of the Colts in those situations? And how do you see them trying to correct that this week? No, you're right. I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier. You got a backup quarterback, and right now that the field for the Colts is it's kind of being played on a 15, 20 yard field where you got a lot of crossing patterns, mm-hmm. not a lot of pushing the ball down the field. Teams are playing close to the line of scrimmage. And you know, Cincinnati last week, their linebackers played downhill. The Colts had a hard time getting to the second level, establishing, you know, combination blocks within their offensive line. And, you know, the Colts have, to your point, they've rushed for a, a combined 101 yards the last two games, an average of 2.5 yards per carry, which is the lowest consecutive game total for the Colts since 2018. Um, so teams right now have kind of a blueprint and a formula to make Gardner Minshew get the ball out fast. Uh, otherwise, you know, they're going to make him hold on to the ball longer than he wants to, and that's not his game. He is an in-rhythm, quick-timing thrower. Um, he's great against zone defense, but teams aren't giving him that um, mm. without Jonathan Taylor. And, and so that's that's kind of where the Colts are at right now. So there's no doubt that's what Pittsburgh's going to try to replicate and duplicate in this game, and it's up to the Colts to what I call kind of pry that running game open, right? They're not going to flirt with rushing for – you know, 150 yards in this game, but they got to be good on situation. They got to be good in situational football, running the ball, primarily first down. You got to get something out of running the ball on first down in this game because in the last two games, the Colts have 17 first down rushes for a combined 50 yards. So that's oh, putting wow. it in right. And that's that's a recipe for second down and eight, third right. down and seven. That's just not a winning formula, right? So you got to help yourself in terms of down and distance by being able to run for three and a half, four yards per carry on first down. That's that's led to the Colts having, uh, you know, a, a number of six for twenty-five on third down conversions in their last two games. So you're just not going to win with that. It's not sustainable. So again, you're, you're going to have to be creative in the running game. That's where Shane Steichen comes in, right? You're not just, you're not just going to run inside zone or outside zone. You're going to have to be really creative in how you block, how you get people in motion, um, how you scheme it up in terms of formations, some wham blocks. You're just going to have to throw the kitchen sink at the Steelers to pry that run game open so that you're not running for, you know, 60 yards on 25 attempts in this game. I feel you on that. Uh, Matt, we got to talk defense real quick before we head to the last segment and do our predictions here. The Steelers offense 
hasn't gotten it done all year. They're they're on they they're on their second offensive coordinator in Eddie Faulkner. They're trying to they're fr- trying to find any sense of consistency with Mitch Trubisky. It's been rough all all year, but they, they face a Colts defense that hasn't that also hasn't played too great this year. Um, of the players on, on, on the Colts defense, you mentioned Zaire Franklin. My, my personal favorite is Juju Brits, and he's back healthy. I loved him coming in out of the draft. I talked to him at the combine. I was like, man, this guy gets it. I really liked what I saw from him on tape. Uh, mm-hmm. and I I felt like if Joy Porter Jr. hadn't been the hadn't hadn't been, hadn't been there at 32 for the Steelers. They, he, they, they might have gotten somebody else and then gotten Juju Brents with their second second round pick uh, or, or found a way to get him because I think that they really liked him as well. What's been the biggest factor that the Steelers are going to have to watch out for that the Colts defense does well? I think it's the pass rush. You know, the Colts mm-hmm. have 40. It's weird. You know, you talk about, you know, history in this game. It's weird to see the Colts having more sacks than, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's, that's, that's bizarre. Um, but that's where the Colts are at right now. That's how good their pass rush has been um, this season. They've got 42 sacks on the year. Um, and, again, a little bit of a blip on the radar last week in Cincinnati. They didn't have any sacks in that game against the Bengals. They only had three uh, total quarterback pressures on Jake Browning in that game. Uh, but prior to that, the Colts had at least four sacks in five straight games. All right, So they're getting after it a little bit. Um, but the big thing is, though, Cincinnati used that pass rush uh, against the Colts. You know, they screened them to death. Uh, a lot of screen passes. Um, in fact, Cincinnati had three screen passes for a combined 124 yards um, through the air for Jake Browning, in, including a touchdown. So um, it's kind of Pandora's box there for the Colts. Now that it's open, um, they're going to have to put a lid on that because that, that's what you do to good pass rush teams. You let them get upfield and then you screen them to death. And that's exactly what Cincinnati did. So, that being said, the Colts are pretty diverse in all that they can throw at an opposing quarterback. They've got uh, four players with at least five and a half sacks on the season. Um, they're led by Samson Ebicom, who's a really good free agent pickup in the offseason. Um, he's now coming off the edge. He's got a career-high eight sacks. Quiddy Pay in year number three, he's got a career-high seven and a half sacks. Dio Adangbo's got seven sacks in year number three. So a lot of the guys the Colts have invested in through the draft and free agency are having career years, which is allowing that pass rush to kind of hum right now. Um, but I know this is a really good uh, Steelers offensive line. They don't routinely give up a lot of sacks or pressures. So that part of the game is going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the, the Colts got to put a lid on that, on that uh, screen game that really killed them. That was, that was the biggest reason on defense why they lost that game to Cincinnati and it happened pretty consistently throughout the entire game, getting screened and giving up big plays and some easy scoring drives for the Bengals. Well, once again, Steelers fans groan as you talk here, Matt, because the Steelers haven't worked a successful screen pass too often in the past few years. <laughs> uh, so that might not be something that, that the Colts have to worry too much about. But let's talk about what both teams have to worry about as we as we give our predictions here in a minute. On the North Shore Drive podcast, it's the Accuracy Fan Advantage. We're also brought to you by Savinas, Ken and Gallucci, the mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful because GameTime is the 
app you can download right to your phone for the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Pittsburghers, if you're if you're not trying to see the Steelers Colts, if you're not trying to see Pitt basketball this weekend, you can see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra at PPG Paints Arena this Saturday evening. And the best place to get those tickets is on Game Time. Download the app today and get your tickets. And at Game Time, don't if you're running behind, don't trust scalpers. You can easily get scammed out, out of your money for tickets that you did that you thought would be better than what they are. But in Game Time, you go in, you see the prices, you also see the view from the seats. You know you're getting the right value for the money that you're paying for those tickets. And Game Time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time credits you 110% of the difference. Snap the tickets off the stretch with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account, redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Accuracy Vantage Vantage. We're, I'm Chris Carter here with Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. He calls the games. Matt, we got to talk about this this this, uh, this game now, and as far as how we expect this to play out. If there is an X factor to this game, a major component that you see being the the, the part of it that decides it more than anything else, what is it for either side to, uh, on Saturday? Well, I think for the Colts. Um, and, and this is, again, I'm not telling you anything you do not know in relation to the Steelers, but I think for the Colts, it's get off to a good start and get off to hopefully for their sake, you know, a, a two score lead somehow in the first half. I know that's way easier mm-hmm. said than done, but it, because if you look at it, if you look at the splits for the Steelers, and again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but Pittsburgh in the second half this year. Their defense is giving up seven points per game in the second halves of games this season. Like, that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right? So they're, they're kind of like the Patriots uh, of old uh, with Bill Belichick. They, they figure you out. Um, they make some adjustments at halftime. Make you play left-handed. Uh, they take away your, your, your best strengths in the second half. And it's just really hard to move the ball consistently on them past halftime. So I think it's it's imperative for the Colts to get off to a good start in this game. And again, situationally, find the running game and just just try to take points whenever they're there. You got to be good in the red zone um, because the Steelers they've got a winning formula, right? They're they're not a flashy team. Um, they're they're kind of a, a win ugly type of team, just like the Colts right now. So. They want to do a couple different things, right? Pittsburgh, they, they take good care of the ball. They don't turn it over. Um, they run the ball really well right now, right? They've got over 900 yards rushing in the last six games. So between Harris and Warren right now, they're, they're really uh, in a nice groove there offensively um, to the Colts. They're going to have to match that physicality um, in the running game. Then, again, on defense, they give up yards and they, they give up some, some big plays between the 20s, but they take the ball away. Pittsburgh does. And they're really good inside the red zone, which is, um, you know, that that's contributing to their pretty good point total allowed, which is top 10. So those are the things the Colts are going to have to contend with in terms of trying to win this game and getting off to a fast start in the first half. Take good care of the football, try to get some takeaways, and you got to be really good inside the red zone. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a long day against this second half or against this uh, Steelers defense, which I should say that gets better uh, the, the longer the game goes. I feel you on that. Without further ado, let's get into how we think this game play, plays out. Matt, give us not only who you think would win in the final score, but give us 
where do you think this game turns on its on its head and where it heads into the direction that it's supposed to head? You talked about the early start for the Colts. I agree. The, the problem with the Steelers in the last two games and they've lost to the Cardinals and the Patriots, they've allowed those teams to get out to early lead. The Cardinals went into the lead with half into the halftime with the lead. The Patriots went up 21-3 in the in that game. If those games are at least tied or the Steelers have, have a, even, even a slight edge in the second half, their run game gets going, their defense takes over, and that's what that's what puts them over the top in those games. To me, that fast start is almost mandatory for the Colts. Do you yeah. see the Colts getting a fast start? And if they do, how do they get it? Well, I think they get it with, you know, balance on offense. Again, being able to run situationally um, on first and second down. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to have to have a big game. And someone else within this offense, just take your pick. But someone has to come up and, and have a good complimentary football game, right? Whether that's Josh Downs having four catches for 50, 60 yards or Alec Pierce uh, having a, a big chunk play to get the Colts into a scoring threat. Someone else, complimentary-wise, within this offense is going to have to step up and, and provide some big plays and some big moments in order for the Colts to win this football game. But if you're asking me to make picks and you're asking me to make predictions, I'm out of that game because I have no idea what to expect from this Colts team. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and I said that at the beginning of the season. That's not a cop-out, right? Around here, when I do these types of things, people ask me what I expected what you know my my predicted uh, record was I said listen you got a you got a rookie head coach right. uh, guy that's never done this before and a rookie quarterback and Anthony Richardson that played 13 games in college like I'm just along for the ride dude I have no idea what to expect and I think <laughs> I think you're along for the ride in this game as well when you're talking about two you know, kind of topsy turvy seven and six teams that are hanging on for dear life uh, trying to win an, uh, in a, you know, an imperative pivotal game here late in the season. So this is going to be fun. That's all I know. Absolutely. Dude, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a one that goes down to the wire. It's going to have a wild finish. And this is, this is the thing. This is the kind of game the Steelers have played all season and the Colts have played this kind of game a lot too. That I think that's, what's going to be really interesting to see which no doubt. finds their, finds their groove late in the game to try to get, get over the hump here because these, I think they're both these teams. There's a lot of different discussions right now. Shane Steichen, a lot of people are like, liking what he's doing right now because of, of, of this is his first year. The Colts have dealt with a lot of injuries, and they're still in it. A lot of people in, in Pittsburgh right now are questioning Mike Tomlin because they thought the Steelers might be a little bit better than they are right now. I think that Mike, Tom, Mike Tomlin is, isn't necessarily on the hot seat just yet. I think that the, the conversation that has started, but – if he doesn't do well down this stretch, I think that that will be a much larger conversation to have here in Pittsburgh at the end, at the end of the season. He's man, it's it's all about perspective, though, man. It really is. It's all about perspective because here here in Indianapolis, you know, you have your your quarterback retired ten days before the season, and that is that has set things in motion right for the next five or six years. So it's all about perspective and it's all about how you see things. And I think that, I think the notion of getting rid of Mike Tomlin is absolutely ridiculous. But again, you're in the trenches every single day there in Pittsburgh. Listen, Matt, as a person who covers football and watches football, not just at the NFL level across the board, but college football, high school football, I, I, I I'm right with you. I think the Steelers would be silly for giving up on Mike Tomlin. I think that he's done a really good job making some of these teams competitive. They should they, they should not have had a eight or eight or nine wins in 2019, 2021, right, 2022. Right. Th those were teams that should have folded. And I think there's, there's some people that say, well, maybe the Steelers need to fold. Maybe they do need to fall into the pit so that they can get that top quarterback. But I just warn people, sometimes you fall into the pit and you don't get out of it for much mm -hmm. longer than what you think. And I yep. think that 
the pro the Mike Tomlin is not nearly the problem that people have made him out to be in Pittsburgh overall. That's been my stance, but and I'm I'm I am on, on kind of on an island in Pittsburgh where a lot of people see him as the big problem that that is holding the Steelers back. I, I warn people that is not what you think it is. And here's another national perspective for someone who, who sees other games, doesn't just watch the Steelers game and get mad when they lose. There's another person <laughs> coming at you saying, hey, I, Mike Tomlin ain't that dude. He, he's, he's not the no. dude that you want to just throw throw away just because you're having, having a rough time. Well, I, also, you know, pe- people forget this too. And this is a really bad, this is kind of a cheesy uh, you know, metaphor or analogy. Sure. But listen, if you're going to tear down the barn, you better be able to build a bigger and better barn. Yeah. All right. And so who just just be careful what you wish for because Mike Tomlin is a damn good football coach and he is getting the best out of his teams. He doesn't put the team together, right? But he is he's playing the, the hand that he's been dealt pretty good. And he's been doing that for a long, long time. So he's a great football coach. And a lot Absolutely. of teams would be lucky to have him. Absolutely. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. Matt, thanks so much for joining us here on the Acrisure Fan Advantage. Let people know they can find you, follow you, get more of your work. Uh, yeah, uh, on, on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it these days, at, at Maytay Colts, right, whatever we're doing there. Um, and then, uh, you know, Colt, Colts.com with all of our content. Um, you know, we put it out every day just like you guys do. Um, you know, the, the, the thirst for NFL knowledge and Colts football is there 24-7. So Colts.com, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, just type in Colts, you know, on Apple, Spotify. We'll, we'll pull up there for you. And uh, we're, we're locked and loaded. The hay's in the barn. Now we're just getting ready for kickoff, man. Appreciate you, Matt, for coming on. Appreciate you all for tuning into the North Shore Drive podcast. This has been the Accuracy Fan Advantage. I'm Chris Carter hosting this show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes Saturday, depending on when the Steelers game is. And as always, we have daily content that comes out from all of our sports writers at the Post-Gazette here on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Our whole team, our staff, is at this game. I'll be covering pit basketball at the Pete with Noah Hiles. Uh, but but we will have our Saturday evening content with post-game reviews from our staff from uh, Lucas Oil Stadium as they're there with Ray Fittipato, Brian Batko, and Jerry Dulac. Get all that here at post-gazette.com. We'll see you here Saturday night after the Steelers game. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com. 